0: So you went to uni, and I'm just giving a quick introduction. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So you studied, uh, you had a gap year, you came on a trip to India, you went to New Zealand. Yeah,
1: that's right, I did a gap year, I went to India with you, yeah, and yeah. I went to New Zealand for a bit, and then, yeah, went and then I not- went to university for four years. To study? To study interior architecture and design for that period. And yeah. then you went to London? And then I went to work and live in London, yes, for set, eight years, eight, nine years, yes. Is that time frame right? Something like that, yeah.
0: And then you start, to, you, I mean, all the time, you, I remember right from that outset, you've kind of been open to the Lord, really passionate to seek the Lord, to serve the Lord. But it, in those early years, I guess you just, you were trusting him for the next step and you kind of had a really certain view about when you'd be married and when you'd be, uh, what you'd be doing and all those things and, and that hasn't unfolded but what that passion you've had to step out in faith and follow him no matter where has been worked out Mm. so you worked for a time part-time with king's cross church in london kxc Mm. helping them i stepped
1: down from my role for a period of my work to yeah spend a year with the church working for the church there yeah
0: and then you kind of started to sense something else didn't you what
1: what what was going on yeah yeah it's really interesting i think um looking back a little bit um particularly my teens you probably remember my 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 teams are really encountering the presence of god and hearing from him and 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 hearing his voice and a sense of something that he placed on me uh you can use the word calling or something that he wanted to to me to do in my life uh and then i kind of went into life as such as you do university and and work and you drift through and you think maybe i'll just carry on like this but um I think particularly when I was about twenty-eight, twenty-nine, God just started to wake me up a lot, and uh, in a really powerful way, started to speak to me and and prune me and work in me, but also reminds me of so much of what He maybe put in me to, and called me to. And so there was that yeah that process. I took some time to work for uh, my local church that I went to in London, and then uh, and and I was I was still pretty sure that God wanted to do something more. So. Um, I think it was 2019, I decided, right, I'm going to just quit my job. <laughs> uh, you know, I remember you coming around. Yeah. And it's...
0: you said, I'm going to tell my parents I'm quitting my job. Pray yeah. for me, you said. Yeah,
1: yeah, I was quite worried about what my dad said. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I decided that at the start of um, 2020 that I would um, quit my job and then just see, lay, lay low for a bit and see where God would take me and what would, ha- what would happen. And of course, the beginning of 2020, right, COVID started so that was an interesting time to quit your job and then suddenly within two months, we're all in lockdown, right? So, um, so that forced me to wait and six months, basically, before anything started to happen, yeah. So why Hong Kong? Why Hong Kong? Oh, I was born there. Uh, got a bit of family history there with my dad as a young boy, grew up there uh, for a few years with his, his family. And then my my. My parents, when after they got married, they went to live out there for a few years, and I was born there um, but yeah I always i 'd been there a few times during my uh, during my life, and i 'd always sensed that there was something of um, a pull for me, like a pull for me a, a sense of going there and feeling at home at peace, that it was some, there was something part of me that was a part of the city and uh, when I was in two thousand and nineteen uh, no at the start of two thousand and twenty sorry, um, I'd been really, sur- I'd been praying a lot, Look, I'd been praying a lot, I felt God was doing something, I'd been praying a huge amount, and I remember having this picture of, of Hong Kong, uh, and then arrows coming out of Hong Kong across two other nations across Asia, and I was like, oh, that's an interesting picture, uh, and that was, that really helped me with a few of the words, I had a, a bit of a team around me of people that I felt were praying for me and, and discerning something in me to help guide me, which I think is really essential, uh, they were discerning, and I felt that Hong Kong was the place to be, really, so, yeah.
0: And St. Stephen's Society, which Jackie Pullinger set up <laughs> in, yeah. the, in the 60s, I think, she just got on a boat and ended up in Hong Kong. She did, yeah. that?
1: Why that? It, good question. Um, so I was on, a, I was on the phone, fa- in that summer of 2020, on the phone to, to my friend, who is a, a pastor in Hong Kong, and... I said, I need to get out there at some point. I need to get over to Hong Kong. And and he said, what do you want to do? I said, well, I feel like God is calling me in the area of justice and for the poor and for, for serving people. And he said, look, St. Stephen's is a place where if you want to grow quickly uh, and mature quickly and, and develop skills and that God can prepare you for, this is the best place to go. So I reached out to them. And things moved, like, incredibly quickly from there, yeah. It's a pretty challenging
0: time to go. I mean, you've left your job, it's COVID.
1: I didn't even say goodbye to my friends. It's like everyone's locked down, right? So it was all kind of very sudden, yeah. And getting into Hong
0: Kong, I mean, it wasn't quite as locked down as certain parts of China at that point. But it's been interesting two years. We've gone through the whole of COVID, just hearing the news today about Xi Jinping saying zero COVID policies staying. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's it been Terrible like? Terrible
1: things are happening in China over that. It's really sad. Um, well, I went through, it was really interesting. There was like a window of, of, of time to go. People were struggling to come in, even leave the country. And there was this window of time over a couple of months. And I just picked, the time just landed perfectly. I got a flight, very smooth to get there. But, you know, they, they, they have, in Asia, they're, the way they relate to illnesses, and they're, they're very intense with. You know, they're still wearing masks, for goodness sake. So uh, it's crazy out there. You said uh, you can be
0: arrested still in Hong you Kong. You can
1: still be arrested for not wearing a mask if you walk down the street uh, without a good reason, yes. So um, they've taken a long time to um, to walk out this COVID period for them.
0: And you've gone, and there's huge political change. We've seen here of mm. protests. Mm. Before
1: I came, yes. Yeah, change, change.
0: change of government, change yeah. of law.
1: Yeah, China really decided to uh, firm up its... Uh, its grip of, of Hong Kong and what it wanted to do with Hong Kong, and I came into that, and a, a definitely a changed city. The people of Hong Kong, them say themselves, would say, "This is not the same city anymore. This is a different city." And so many have left, so it's really it's, just, it's a sad. There's sadness in that. There's a real sadness for the people of Hong Kong. Yeah, mm-hmm. so different. A different place to when I when I talk to my parents about the, what their memories are. It's it's a very different place now. Yeah. 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 So, you, you
0: turn up at the gates of St. Stephen's Society.
1: Right, and yeah, you, yeah. And you
0: meet, yeah. you kind of go up to it. What, what was it like? Kind of, what were you doing? What's the, what does it do? What's St. Stephen's Society? What is do? St. Stephen's? Yeah.
1: Um, so, St. Stephen's was set up by Jackie Pullinger. I'm sure most people in this room know who Jackie Pullinger is. She's quite well known. Um, she started by, for 10 years, uh, literally uh, having drug addicts. Uh, mostly heroin addicts l- come into her home and live with her. She would go through a period uh, where they would come withdraw from drugs, and then they would live with her and and slowly, slowly change their lives. And out of that, um, the ministry grew out of that. Obviously, the book that was written about her, Chasing, uh, the, Dragon. Chasing the Dragon, really had a big I- impact on her ministry. And people came from all over the world to work for her, and that's grew everything. They had uh, a big complex in the early days, in the, in the 90s, if, I, if I, might, I, I know correctly, it is 90s, a big complex for addicts to go and live and people flooding in there. And, and over the last 25 years, that they moved that to another complex, which is in a beautiful location in the hills in Hong Kong, uh, where people come and live, live with us.
0: And all through that time and even now, there's favour for the organisation from the authorities and, and that sort of
1: thing. Yeah, it's incredible. I think Jackie started something that, that, that there is favour in. and she, her name carries weight in Hong Kong still amongst the government. And they said, here's some land. If you can produce the money, you can build a building and you can keep serving these people. And they give her a lot of room. <laughs> it's Amazing. <laughs> it's amazing, yeah.
0: So thinking back to 2020, your first month, what was it like and what were you doing your first month?
1: Well, I began with uh, I would spend uh, a few days in the house, uh, live, living. What does that mean? The house. So we, so basically, we, there's like a a, a complex, uh, a group of five different blocks for different age groups, like adults, teenagers, women as well, because it's got it's uh, catering for all types of people. Um, and this is a place where people come to find uh, safety and refuge from their addiction and within a year hopefully process to walk out some of those addictive patterns and then go back into society and so we we can look after these people yeah so and then on the outside there's all kinds of teams and and mission work going on across the city of which they participate um, meeting addicts on the street going to the homes so that's one area and also they work with people, you know, you've probably heard in Hong Kong of the homes that are a shoebox size, tiny homes that people live in and they're going to serve those people. There's all kinds of people living on the streets in poverty going to serve them as well. So they do a huge amount of work across the city. Yeah.
0: So you, you're in a home? In
1: one so of these I homes. live in one, of these, in one of these blocks, the men's house, yes. So who lives
0: in, a, in, your, in that first house? Who was there?
1: Who is there? So there's me. Uh, I've ended up in the last year running one of those houses. So I'm in charge of this one of the houses. Too much responsibility. It's 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 frightening. And then I have a small team of guys. Uh, I have some some Western people coming in like me. Some uh, reco- uh, ex addicts, recovered addicts, who now are giving back and serving their lives to help other people. And then uh, a group of guys that are coming in to spend a year with us. Yeah. And how many? How many? guys are kind of in the home from
0: who are coming in to recover yeah
1: so we have two st- we have kind of had two stages the first six months which i'm responsible for uh there's f- we have 15 guys that are with us uh and roughly there'll probably be two or three which will be in in a first stage where they'll be withdrawing and then they'll spend the six, next six months with us uh and then there's a second stage where they start to venture out slowly more in doing outreaches and participating in the projects in the city and kind of stretching themselves, which is important part of the process to see where they're at, yeah.
0: So I know, and we were talking this week, in two years you've had two weeks off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is yeah, yeah, yeah. been tough. time off, You yeah. look a lot more rested than you did in Thursday. Yeah, I was
1: exhausted when I saw you. Friday, Thursday,
0: Friday. Um, and you kind of have a day off a week.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. In six those days a week six days, what,
0: yeah. what, what, what does a day look like in six days? The six days of... Serving.
1: Well, we're, we're, we're trying to create a sense of family. We are literally family to them, almost like fathers and mothers to, to what they seem to be like children in some way, certainly the way they come in. And so we have a, a, a very kind of similar pattern in the day of waking up, making sure everyone gets up in the morning and eats breakfast and behaves themselves. And then obviously we're trying to put things into them like the Word of God, uh, worship, worship, uh, we practice a lot of spiritual gifts and discerning what God's doing and and ministry time, so we, we have that kind of thing going on during the day, particularly in the morning and the evening, we do worship and ministry with them, and then during the day, obviously, you're living in a home together, so they've got jobs like cleaning, which I get involved in, and then we've got, like, football and swimming, and we've got an amazing swimming pool and football pitch, and then we organise various activities, maybe things we call, like, called tasters, where we, they try different programmes, so maybe they can then go on and get an, a different job in the future and, and inter- learn how to interact with each other, learn social behaviours that are acceptable and better for their new life, uh, and times where we can uh, more intensely pray for them and work through their uh, addic- addictions and, and actually the pain that they are under, the pain that they uh, 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 underneath the surface of their lives and work through a lot of that stuff. So it's a huge amount of stuff, and we work through that each day.
0: So it's not, yeah. it's not just drugs, addiction, there's, there's a whole range of people coming yeah, in.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so we, I mean, for instance, we've got one guy who, uh, he was, a, he was an addict, a drug addict many years ago, ten years ago, and he went and got married, and now he's a, a gambling addict because he hasn't managed actually, he's moved his addiction to something else. And so, yeah, uh, drugs, alcohol, um, uh, gambling, sometimes a sex addiction... Uh, you can you can put your addiction in a few different places mm. if you're not set free from, from things. So yeah. So talking all to very you. Very intense, isn't and, it? <laughs> well, it is. It Does sound very heavy? Yeah, it is heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's heavy, heavy. stuff.
0: Um, so that first period when someone comes in, so you either find them on the street or they ask for help, I yeah, guess they, yeah. or you meet them on an outreach. Yes. What what's what's that like? I know you've kind of said you get up and have breakfast. Yeah. That's kind of glossing it, isn't it, a little bit.
1: <laughs> A little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, would you mean that very first stage? The yeah. very, so they, so particularly if they've just come in, um, uh, they are incredibly vulnerable people when they first come in. Um, all of the withdrawals and the temptations and the desire to run away and get out and get back using the next day. It's very intense. They're not safe at all. And so they come in and we get them to wear pyjamas when they first come in Uh Which is quite funny but resembling a sense of like uh, that they are like a newborn child that they need to be cared for and looked after and we have uh, somebody look after them 24-7 over basically about 10 to 15 days and they're in a bed and we're praying for them, Uh, we, 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 we know the gift of tongues if you know the gift of tongues and we pray for them in tongues. And uh, we pray for them, to lie in bed, they we, we try and sleep, they try and eat. They're often cold sweats and sometimes obviously in some discomfort. Uh, but they're just trying to, to get through that period. And we're just trying to um, re- release heaven on them and, and get he- God to do some amazing work in their
0: lives. So you said it's in the book, but I know you've seen it in, in reality. Yeah. You, you mentioned the gift of tongues and there's this demonstrable obvious difference isn't there when you when
1: it's crazy so so very interesting so Jackie when she started um, having guys in her home um, she she would be up in the night and and they'd be in pain and then um, i think some missionaries that were working uh, a little bit alongside her said uh, introduced her to the to the gift of tongues and uh, and she started using that uh, through the night and through the day, and when she was praying for them, and suddenly uh, the first guy that she did a guy I I know him uh, he 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 started to come off pain free, pain free uh, with this withdrawal, and very miraculously uh, in that period was restored, uh, and so she used that every time she prayed for an addict she would pray in tongues, for hours hours praying for them in tongues. And then she has taught that to everyone that she has come to work with her. And that is something we use where we pray in tongues to them. And um, uh, a lot of them, just most of them come off pain-free. In fact, they come in, some of them come in. You know, sometimes they come more than once in and they go, we love coming here because we come off pain-free here. It is a, it is a miracle. They call it a miracle place. So yeah, it's incredible. It's amazing.
0: So you're now leaving, a, leading a home.
1: I'm leading one of the houses, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And you've yeah. kind of... Not major on it, but you've got people who are addicted. Yeah. Maybe in a very chaotic mindset, lifestyle. Yeah. Manipulative.
1: Very manipulative. Yes. Aggressive. Yes. Not safe. Not always.
0: Yeah. Safe. Close your is mum and dad. Uh, so. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: what I mean, I'm not wanting to say but you know you, you're early thirties and you face some pretty daunting. Things haven't you, you know, but you yeah. have, you're still yeah. there. I mean, so tell us, tell us what kind of things have happened and how, how you've got through that.
1: So welcome back. This
0: is part two of the Inspiring Stories interview with Will Buttrick. Unfortunately, we had a bit of a medical issue on Sunday night as we were recording this in the service. So I've met with Will again and we're recording kind of what would be the second part. So, Will, thanks for taking time for the second part I was asking you about what's it like in reality for you to be leading a house with people who are coming off addictions Uh, it's not all been plain sailing
1: no it hasn't Uh, and I've been a little bit had a bit of time to reflect on some of those stories and experiences and I, I remember quite early on I think it was within my first um six months that i was there and a couple of encounters where i had where uh, interactions with some of the brothers there and you're an in incredible close connection with these guys you're living breathing the same air you're eating with them you're doing day-to-day life you're sharing the same room with them so they sit with you all the time and emotions emotions come up and and um I can remember a couple of times one guy, uh, some of the interactions where he, you know, he actually threatened me and, uh, and demanded certain things of me, or else he would be physical with me. You get those situations. I remember one particular guy um, who, who himself had actually a lot of mental health issues, which has really affected his time there, and the uh, an interaction I had with him... Where, as I was walking away from that interaction, which I felt unsafe on, he threw this enormous metal bench at me, which missed me by a little bit. But uh, these things really shake you up. And um, in in that time, I remember um, somebody a little bit older, a little bit wiser, uh, who would walk with me through some of these situations saying, well, you know, you can run away from these situations, but do you see... uh, do you see who they could be do you see who Christ sees them do you see the the change that the man they could grow into and so challenging me to say keep going see that change come into fruition keep pushing it is frightening it is scary but if you trust god and you trust him and it, we talked a bit about that story where jesus comes across the 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 demonic man from the cave that came out, uh, who was, I'm sure, terrifying to the disciples, but to Jesus, saw the new life in him. Are you willing to go to those places and stand firm? And out of that place, if you are standing firm, you will see new life.
0: So you've obviously really got to grips with who you are in Jesus and authority. Because if, if someone's throwing a bench at you, you said someone's throwing when we've been talking about this before a fire extinguisher you've had a brick thrown at you <laughs> yes yeah yes.
1: all in a day's work yeah, but yeah. that
0: that's physically violent isn't it and yes. you know you could get hurt but in yeah. in standing there in in helping these people come through some traumatic kind of um, cold turkey coming out of addiction
1: mm.
0: what makes you not run away or kind of shrink back, you know, when, when there's there's clear threat. What what holds you there and to confront that lovingly?
1: Yeah, good question. I think it takes practice. It's not something uh, I'm uh, I think some people do run away. Um but you amazingly, um I've never actually well I say I've never been here, I have actually been here. I have been here. Um not to the point in which I felt um Damage, but it's a little bit physically manhandled actually a couple of months ago. But um, uh, you, you, you choose, you make a choice to say, if this is where God has called me to be and what He's called me to do, then I have to lay down my life and lay down uh, some of my freedoms and some of my expectations and some of my own sense of safety and security and lay my, my life into the hands of Jesus that He keeps me safe regardless of myself, that he keeps me safe, even though I may, something may happen to me. And and that I have to pray, and it has taught me prayer. It has taught me in times where I am fearful and face great challenge to cry out, to pray in tongues. I pray in tongues more regularly than i ever done when I'm anxious, when I'm concerned about a situation. And the amount of times that I've seen God come through, it's been amazing. And, and also just... Through pushing through those barriers, because you have to push through those places, you have to go further than you naturally would have gone. You start to see things. You start to see that these angry, desperate men are just little boys, terrified, broken little boys who are more scared of you than you are of them. Now they're expressing violence towards you, but they are just they're just scared and standing firm and standing firm in Jesus expresses love to them and that you have authority over them which God gives you and that you are actually willing to go to those places and that's where you start to see the new life you know that guy that threw the bench at me went on to finish a year and I remember the day that he left our house Uh, he came over to me he hugged me he said thank you if it wasn't for you and the way you stood with me I wouldn't be here today. And I still see him and he's still thankful to me and he's still got new life. And so these are the fruits. This is the fruit of the kingdom that you see if you stand firm in Christ. Wonderful.
0: I was going to say, because in, in what we've talked about, it sounds hard work. You're getting up, you're living with people six days a week. It's full on constant. Why do you keep going?
1: I keep going because there are so many people doing this. Uh, You know, I really felt like the Lord sent me specifically for this period of time. I I don't know how long I will exactly be doing this for. Uh, I'm already in conversations with Jackie and the team about the possibilities of the future. Um, But I feel that specifically God has called me for a moment because there was no one else. And he led me here and he wanted to teach me things about the poor and the, the oppressed. And also he wanted to teach me and reveal things in me, maturity, Christ-likeness, leadership, skills that I would not learn anywhere else, but in this moment when it has been most challenging, when they themselves have been facing, we've we faced lockdowns and various things, where we've not had the help that we previously would have had that I would have seen, we've been very much doing on our own, and so I feel like God has just said, right, for this moment I want you here, are you willing, and I've gone, okay God, I'm willing, And so I've just had to step into that place of willingness to serve in this moment. Great.
0: You've obviously seen and been part of serving. What have you learned about Jesus and His heart? And you know, you you referenced passion for the Lord of seeing people Mm. set free of entering into abundant life, new life, uh, of being, of praying in tongues. Mm. What have you What have you discovered about? About Jesus and His love
1: for you and love mm, for people. Mm. Um, I am aware that the journey of human life is long. Uh, it is a journey that it is not one quick, cheap, uh, sense of I'm delivered and this is it. Then I get I get heaven and that's it. You know that there is a journey. There is a journey ahead of our lives where we get welcomed into more. And that we get to make mistakes again. And that we are are human and we have sin in our lives and we have brokenness. And um, the more I see in this environment, the more I see Jesus in the midst of the journey. And uh, the highs and the lows. Um, Most guys don't come in. And yeah, they may capture and glimpse Jesus and experience a revelation of him or see a miracle within themselves or the place itself. But so often they go away, they take drugs and come back again. And so I've seen grace at work. I've seen grace at work in people's lives, the grace that Jesus gives us, that when we fall down we've got a chance to get back up. And I've seen that practice. Now I've had times where I've questioned why are we I've actually questioned why are we bringing this person back in again? This person last time did x y and z. They weren't thankful. They didn't seem to want to help. They Why t-
0: you felt they took advantage of us. They you? took
1: advantage of us. They were malicious. They twisted the truth. Um, you Disrupting know we, fe- the home. we we fed them. We put a roof over their head and they threw it in our faces. Yeah. You know. Why are we giving these guys a second, the third, fourth chance? But, you know, they've really taught me to see perspective of a lifetime. And I the think the, seed, the seeds, they often talk about the seeds that we put in now. We don't know what the fruit is of that. You know, ten years later, somebody comes back to us. We remember, they remember ten years ago what we did for them. They come back. And so it's taught me uh, what grace looks like. Uh, grace looks like giving somebody a chance again. And praying for them again, and being willing to go back into their darkness and pull them out, and so Jesus, Jesus has revealed Himself to me through those places where it's not beautiful but it's ugly, through the valley and the dark places. We see, I see, I've seen Him and I've experienced Him in those places. Um, so that, that those those places, and that's that's pulled me deeper into understanding my own walk of faith, how how he has grace for me and love for me, that he sees things in me that I cannot see. There's things that I've learned about myself that I could not have learned about myself if if I hadn't walked through this journey. And knowing now that he calls me onto greater things and I can't see the greater things in me. All I see is weakness and... uh, inability and yet I know that he sees the greater things in me and he calls those things out in me and he walks through me with grace holding my hands so much of that I've learned through this this time
0: what would be some of the you know give us a couple of highlights that you've seen in the ministry that we this is a series called inspiring stories that you kind of go that's undeniably God that's undeniably Jesus
1: yeah I mean I've I've I now uh, lead often the meetings that we hold. Um, we have time of worship and then we have a ministry time. Sometimes I do a Bible sharing. Um, but I'm always hoping, and they speak of this, to get the Spirit of God to meet their Spirit. You know, we can do a hundred different things, but it's ultimately the, the Holy Spirit encountering them and them encountering their Spirit to the point in which they choose. To have a revelation of change, um, and in those meetings, I'm often like, God, what are you doing? In fact, every meeting, I'm like, God, what are you doing in this meeting? I haven't always got time to prepare ahead, um, but I'm I'm willing to just go with what the Holy Spirit's saying. And I've seen, I've called out, right? I think somebody in this room has got a, a damaged left leg and they want some healing for it. And you know, someone will put their hand up. I've prayed for them, and asked, how do you feel? And they've gone, I feel. My knee is a hundred percent set free. I can move it. The next day they're playing football. Mm. So these are some of the, the you know, the very organic, the natural things. But they are miracles. I've also uh, seen a lot of the times the guys come to us, you know, uh, saying, "Well, we've got no, we've got no food for tomorrow. <laughs> There's no vegetables. We've got a little bit of rice. We've got some meat, but we'd love some vegetables. We haven't got any." Okay, I, I've challenged them saying. Before we we choose to maybe go and get some money and pay for that, should we pray together? Should we pray together for that? Okay, okay, we'll we'll, we'll pray for that. They're kind of smiling, thinking this is silly, right? They really are, and we pray. Let's humour him. Exactly, we pray, and I'm praying like God. I pray God not just for the for the for the vegetables. But I pray that we'd also see a miracle, so that their hearts would change. That's what I'm actually praying for: is that God would provide so that their hearts would change. Uh, and the next day, I get a massive box of greens, and they're looking at me, going, well, "I can't believe this!" And I'm going, "Thank you, God! I can't believe this." You see, I know I'm like, so thankful to God. But but these are these are some of the the small miracles and and. Some of the kingdom stuff, and also, honestly, when I see a guy come in and a year later he walks out the door, going on to greater things. And no, obviously, there's an unknown that he's going out. That there's a chance that anything could happen, but the miracle of that journey is the is the true miracle. Seeing miracles of healings and provision, and I've seen lots of that, and that is we we celebrate that, and that is super exciting. Words of knowledge coming true uh, and getting the guys to practice that and all those things is beautiful. But the actual change and outworking of their lives over a long period of time, that's a miracle.
0: And I know you're... that's brilliant, absolutely, and mm-hmm. so encouraging. And I know you're not sharing some of this because you, you've chosen not to, but in, an, in God's provision for you, you are living by faith. Yes. And you've experienced that timeliness of God's provision. I know you don't want to talk about this. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's I know true. where you're going Yes,
1: Yes. Well, yeah, I mean, I um um before I came even to Hong Kong, um yeah, I was a little bit financially worried. I, I gave I I I gave some money away and um I, I've been really trying to trust God with my finances in a level that I not, I do not feel comfortable. And uh, every time, in fact, just before I came to Hong Kong, I remember thinking, I haven't got money to live for a year or two years. And my my company ring me up saying, hey, Will, I know you're just about to, my old company, I haven't worked for six months uh, before, my old company ring me up and saying, hey, Will, can you do three weeks worth of work for us before you go away to Hong Kong, you can charge what you want. And I worked and God provided money, and then I actually ran out of that money, and I was praying, God, look, if you want me to uh, to, to to stay in this place doing this, I need some financial position, provision, and 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 Edward and Chip and Camden were reaching out and saying, well, we want to support you, which was, if I'm honest, um, perfect timing. So uh, something that Jackie's never done is she would never publicly ever say uh, sponsor me. And I've followed suit on that, and she's seen provision at an extraordinary level. You know, extraordinary. Like, if she's needed something, she's seen it come in, and she's prayed for it. And there are stories of that provision, which is remarkable. And I've tried to step into that and see that, and I have seen that, so I'm so thankful. Yeah.
0: I know it's not something you volunteer, but... um, And we always sound surprised... Uh, this truth that that God is the provider he's Jehovah Jireh, and yeah. we kind of go, oh yeah, He has, <laughs> and it, we always yeah. are amazed yeah. and surprised, but it's who He is, isn't it? And yeah. seeing that in the practical, in the so-called physical realm, but but again and again in the spiritual,
1: and I think that's faith. I think, I think, I think if God provides. Uh, before before we've gone to a place of willingness to trust him, we don't produce faith. And in when we wait and we are taken to those challenging places, that's where faith is produced. And that's where it grows. And I've had to sometimes wait for things in a frightening place. And my faith has been stirred. And, yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful place to be in.
0: We need to begin to wrap up. You've yeah. got a couple more weeks in England before mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. kind of head back to, to Hong Kong. Obviously, we're going to be praying for you for your time here and meeting up with friends and, uh, and family and, and resting and being renewed and, and having time out. What would be some of the things you'd really like us to be praying for you both now and in the coming months as you head back?
1: Yeah, uh, I'd love. Well, first of all, just any prayers would be amazing. I've often felt the prayers that people are praying for me in the daytime. Um, uh, up to the new year, I plan to be overse- continuing to oversee this house. That will take me to a full year of leading this house. Not many people make it past six months. To do a year is quite an, is quite an achievement. Some people do too. Um, to be to be praying and 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 and. and Seeing whether how much longer God wants me to be doing this particular role, I'm sure that Saint Stephens would like me to go overseas a little bit to to sample and taste some of the ministries they have in let's say India or the Philippines uh I can't go to China, but a place like Cambodia, whether that's where God wants to take me, they have ministries outside of the complex I live in, does God want me to take me there, and some of these questions uh are really gonna kind of come to the forefront. So so just any words of knowledge that people have about what I should be doing, whether I should be stepping out or staying within this complex. Um, and yeah, that's what I'd love to those prayers to be about.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing some of the story. It's inspiring. And uh, we're going to continue to pray for you and support you. And uh, we love you and are proud of you and so thankful for the way we've seen you grow from what I have since you were... Sixteen, seventeen, in your pink shirt, uh, but now kind of with a real change and softened heart and uh, you know, working out what we've seen in you for a long time and pray God's blessing on that mm-hmm. and your mum and dad and your wider family and look forward to hearing from you again. So thanks so much.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And one last thing just before we close. Uh, would you be gracious and pray for us as a church and for the re- kind of receptive hearts to what you've shared?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. Um, uh, Thank you. Thank you, Father, that you're a kind Mm -hmm. Father, that you father us all. And your heart, uh, Father, is for the the broken and the oppressed. And that you actually call us all to seek you and to to seek your kingdom and to see your kingdom come into the lives Mm -hmm. around us, to our family members, to our friends, to our loved ones, but also... To those who don't know you, to those who need you, to those who need to, who you're calling to, uh, to be seek you, mm. and I pray for a renewing vision and in the life of the church in Chipping Camden and the wider church around you, a renewed life to see um, those people uh, called into family, called into home, to see children have fathers, their father again. And so I pray a blessing on Chipping Camden, that you'd see wonders of the kingdom, uh, that you'd hear uh, the Father's voice in this time. And uh, I pray for the leaders that they would be discerning on what God is doing over Chipping Camden and over this region. In Jesus' name, Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much, Will.